You're listening to the Calm Collective Podcast, and I'm your host, Cassandra. This show was created with the sole intention to bring forth human connection, a space for you to be truly heard, felt, and understood. Here, we dive deep into experiences with grief and loss, growth and expansion, and the human experience as a whole through candid conversations. My mission is to leave no stone unturned so that together we can be reminded day in and day out that we're never in any of this alone, that the ability to create a life that we love, a life that we deserve is within us. Welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective Podcast. I'm Cassandra, and I am so grateful that you're here. Today, we have Zena Rice Serantis on the podcast. She is a Reiki master and someone I love following on Instagram so, so much. Her presence alone just on the internet is so healing and so magical, and I knew that I wanted to have her on because Reiki is one of the most amazing things that I've done for myself and my healing, especially within grief, Um, and if you don't know what Reiki is or you're intrigued or maybe you just know like the cliff notes, this is definitely an episode that is for you as she so lovingly and simply breaks it down and how it works. I also was lucky enough to have a Reiki session remotely with Zena after um, our episode recorded, and there are literally no words. My whole body was tingling. My palms were sweaty. I just felt like I was melting into the ground, and it was just so beautiful. She had told me to take a bath right after um, she had done the healing, and I took a bath, and I just sobbed, (laughs) but it it wasn't like a sad sob or anything like that. It was just like a purging of sorts, like a release. And it was just magical. And that's what Reiki is. And I really want to bring that here to the community for anyone who, you know, is open-minded and is looking for, um, just that extra support. I, I really, I really do love this practice so much. And I myself have felt really, really called and compelled to, I talk about this with Zena, but, um, compelled to do the training myself and to maybe offer that down the road with the grief healing that I've been doing and, um, just to see how those two worlds collide. So I won't keep you any further. I really, really, really am excited for you guys to meet Zena. So let's get to the show. Zena, thank you so much for being here and just taking the time to share all of your awesome gifts with us. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I am very, very excited to be here. Before we get deep into all of the things I want to Mm -hmm. explore with you, can you give us a little background as to just who you are? So like where you're from, what your childhood Mm -hmm. was like, and how you got to where you are now? Like what's lighting you up in this moment? Ooh. I could talk about this for like five days, so I'll try to keep it concise. Um, I am from a suburb of Philadelphia, so it's interesting. I always hated it there. I never felt um, like I felt like my soul was always calling me elsewhere. I also felt this is a common experience for people who might like identify as an old soul. I always felt like I was in the wrong time period Mm. and that... I was just like a 90 year old living in like a five year old's body. So I was like a kind of a weird child. I like loved adults and like didn't super care about people my own age. I'm the youngest of three. I have two older brothers and our age gap is seven and nine years. Oh, wow. I was like just with my parents and their friends and Mm -hmm. usually just kind of by myself. Mm hmm. And then I had three best friends who are still my best friends today. Um, We all met when we were two. So they kind of were like my sisters. So I did have like a sibling kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. So um, childhood was pretty normal. We were like middle class, I guess. I went to public school and then I actually went to Catholic school for high school, which is a whole nother story because I'm not Catholic. So... (laughs) 
that's an interesting one. Um, and then I went to college in Kentucky, which was definitely, um, like an intuitive pull for me. Mm. I don't know. My brother went to like the rival school, but I just felt so pulled that I had to be there for some reason. Wow. It's an amazing experience. And then I had another pull to go to Seattle right after I graduated and I met my husband there. Oh, wow. And then we moved to LA and then now I'm in Bend <laughs> and I went to grad school in um, Los Angeles for to be a therapist and I've recently kind of left that whole world mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so now I'm doing more um, I still, I do coaching, which like I use all my clinical experience, but I also do, use Reiki and energy healing and intuitive practices. So that's a long so way. Awesome. No, that's so it. good. Yeah. Especially for people who aren't familiar with you, that's really good to just like summarize it. So mm -hmm. I want to get into the work that you're doing now, but I also want to ask, it sounds like maybe it's the language that you can use now, but when you were talking about like Kentucky and Seattle, were you always in touch with like trusting your intuition at that younger age, like in your teenage years, because that's something that like, I think for a lot of people, we don't even really know that language or like what that is or have that trust muscle till we're older. Yeah. A thousand percent. I think I always knew I was like something, I think I always said I'm, it's like aligned by the stars or something, especially with like college and my move to Seattle. I always said that. And then I had, um, people who were more religious in my like community who are like, it's God's plan, which mm. didn't feel super comfortable for me, mm -hmm. but I did always feel as like something like this is meant to be. I yeah. definitely identified with that. I don't think I knew it was intuition or, you know, kind of like a soul path until right. definitely recently. Very cool. So tell us more about your work. Let's start with your clinical training. How did you know that this wasn't it for you that there could be and would be extensions of this work that you wanted to bring to light with your clients in a different way what happened that made you go nope not for me <laughs> um I love that question I've been getting it so much lately which is just fun to talk about the experience so right after college I was a psychology undergrad and then I moved to Seattle to work in an eating disorder treatment center to just kind of get experience working in a clinical field and I actually loved my work there. I felt super um, confident, even though I wasn't, you know, like super trained mm -hmm. in therapy, but I felt so confident. I was super empowered there. I really felt like I had a very natural gift of supporting people and crisis intervention. And then I kind of got tired of being an adult and working full time. So I was like, I'm going to go to grad school. Like it's obviously the next step. And I think grad school for me in a lot of ways kind of um, like hammered my natural abilities like out of me because I was so concerned with doing it the right way, doing it how my mentors told me to do it, making sure I was following theory and structure and all of these things. And I also kind of felt, I think this was mostly internal pressure, but I was one of the only people in my program who had clinical work before coming in. So I felt like there's kind of a lot of expected of me to be like the good therapist or mm. like the more experienced person. So all throughout grad school, I can remember talking to my therapist and like, I think I might quit. Like, I don't think this is, I don't know why, but this just isn't feeling like what it's supposed to be. I was always talking about like astrology and human design. And this was when I was really getting into like all the spiritual things mm -hmm. and intuition and all of that. Um, I'm sure my classmates were so annoyed with me because I would not stop talking about it. Um, but then doing like my clinical, the actual training with my clients, it was, first of all, the path to be a therapist in the master's um, level is just crazy pants. You work, you have to work for free for so long. You're, it's like so you know, so much labor that you're just giving for free emotional labor. That's mm -hmm. totally free. Mm -hmm. And you just don't feel like you're getting filled up in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and you don't get to pick your clients. And it was, it was just a lot. And even those clients, I worked in a community, um, clinic in 
Los Angeles. And a lot of my clients were starting to bring up astrology and starting to bring up tarot. And wow. I didn't know if it was allowed to talk about, but like secretly I was like, oh my gosh, like she's a Pisces moon. This yeah. explains so much. <laughs> and like really just seeing that there could be, um, that the work could go so much deeper. And it's interesting because astrology and tarot and, you know, the archetypes were started by Carl Jung or adapted. He probably Mm -hmm. stole it from other people, Mm -hmm. but he was a clinical psychologist. So it was definitely in the psychology, um, like vocabulary, but I think a lot of people kind of were scared to use it. Yeah, absolutely. Also with the energy, I could just tell, I'm like, something else is going on here. Like we're working on the mind some of the people were working on the body with like making sure they're really getting grounded and doing a movement practice that feels good. But I was like, there seems to be something else missing and we're just not able to address it in this way. So luckily I had some mentors along the way who they were doing coaching while also being therapists mm-hmm. and they were kind, they just really cheered me on and were like, of course you can do it. Like who cares? Yeah. Go and do whatever you want. Yeah, do like, your thing. Oh. Yeah, it's like, okay, cool. I yeah. guess I'll go for it. And that was actually right around this time last year. So I launched my first coaching practice, which was more geared towards eating disorder recovery mm-hmm. um, last January. So mm-hmm. kind of almost a year. What I think is year. really beautiful too, like hearing that story is it kind of comes back to how the really big peaks in your life have been kind of like you said written in the stars and just sort of flowy and like you were saying when you're like well I like to talk about astrology and um, tarot and human design and then you have these clients who are just like naturally bringing it up like I think that is no accident and that's such a lovely almost like a universal tap on the shoulder to be like yep mm -hmm." like you were made for this you know I totally agree like a thousand percent one of my clients was like a full-blown tarot reader intuitive (laughs) And I was, like, wanting to tell her yeah. so badly that, like, right. I do this, too. Like, yeah. let's do a reading. You're like, let's just skip all of this and do a reading instead. Yes. Can I exactly. ask um, what your human design is? I'm a manifesting generator and a 3-5 profile. I'm a 3-5. Oh, it's a rocky road. It's a us. rocky road. But you know what? I have to tell you, I'm a projector, too. But um, mm. I'm a 3-5. And when I found out I was a 3-5, I was like, I cried. I mean, I was actually sobbing when I saw what that meant because I was like, this makes so much sense. I'm not a failure. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. I and it, the same exact way. Yeah. And it just like really cracked me open to be more willing to share because I was like, no, like my, I remember my mom would always be like, are you sure you want to share everything? And I was like, I think if <laughs> I don't share, I'll explode. I've always felt that way. And then when I read that about the three, five, I was like, oh, Okay. Yes. It's like in my bones to do that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I love the kind of like we take our dirt and like spin it into gold yeah. and like can help others. I'm like, yes, this all makes sense. Now. Yeah. But then you also, and me as a projector too, I'm like, can everyone just please listen to me? Cause I'm telling you what not to do so that you don't have to go through all that mud. It's hard. Yes. And then people are like, no. be quiet. <laughs> I'm not ready for you yet. Okay, so I want to ask what sort of benefits that you've seen through integrating the mystical, as you call it, which I love, with the clinical. Have you had the ability to compare and contrast outcomes from just supporting through clinical and just supporting through using both? Like, have you seen a big difference? That's a really good question. I I mean, I wish I could do like a case study or something. Yeah, right. Really get it um, more scientific. I... I think adding the Reiki in and like really doing the energetic healing has, has made a huge difference to really open people up. A lot Mm -hmm. of times I'll start a session. Like I just kind of feel in how they're like my clients feeling. And I'm like, let's just start with Reiki. And it's, I think it's really a powerful way to just have people drop their walls and like open up. So I've had, I have one, client who she's super visual and she'll like get visions while Mm. we're doing the Reiki and it'll be like inner child stuff or something from childhood that she hasn't thought about in years and it just gives us so much 
like juice to talk about in a session. And I just don't think we ever would have gotten there or gotten there so quickly if we weren't able to bring her walls down, like get her into her body and let her like kind of psyche really express itself. That's so lovely. So it's been, I mean, I wish I could like go back to my therapy clients and be like, let me add this in and see if yeah. we make like more progress. Cause I think yeah. they all could have benefited from it so much. Um, but it does, it seems to be pretty, pretty powerful so far. Yeah. I would love to talk about Reiki more for a moment. I think, I mm-hmm. think there's maybe, I don't want to assume, but I think that there's a misconception, mm-hmm. like even before my partner was like, so who are you interviewing? I was like, Oh, it's, you know, she's a Reiki master. And he was like, what's that? And it's like one of those things where it's like, it can be considered as woo, right? Like super on the mm-hmm. spectrum. I'm like, actually it's just energy and like moving stagnation. This is probably my favorite healing modality and form of body work because for me personally, it's instant relief. It is mm-hmm. so powerful and it's something that I often think about becoming certified in because of how much I love and value and believe in its power. But mm-hmm. I would love for you to, for those who are like my partner, like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Can you give us yes. a little background as to what it is? And then we're going to um, go a little bit deeper with that. Yeah, of course. Well, I'd love to share that. I was introduced to Reiki like as a child, which I feel mm. really lucky about. Wow. So my best friend's mom, one of the three best friends I have from childhood, she was a Reiki master and a massage therapist. Yeah. So I would be like, I have a headache. And she would come over to me and give me Reiki. So I think wow. I was kind of, again, like the stars were aligned of totally. that I became such a huge believer in it from a young age. And I definitely strayed away from it, but then, you know, came back to it now, but I mean, exactly what you said. It's, um, we work with the energy system. So you can think of the seven chakras starting with the crown down to the root. And the way I do it is a little bit different than I think more traditional Reiki practitioners and that it's very intuitive. And I'm also like reading the person's energy while I'm doing the Reiki. So I can see like, we're about to get really woo. That's okay. Bring it. We love woo here. Um, Don't apologize. I'm reading like if there's a block in the crown chakra Mm -hmm. or if I can see in the third eye that, you know, it's super cloudy and someone's not seeing something clearly, I can, and then I, you know, put the intention to shift and move it. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like in a really simple sense, you can think of it as just a really, really deep meditative state. Mm -hmm. It just takes you like so deep into your body so quickly and mm-hmm. I mean same as you I feel the most relief ever like the second someone turns the Reiki on I'm like ah oh, I mm-hmm. can breathe it just yep. feels good um and it's also a misconception that you know I'm, to practice you technically have to be a Reiki level two or Mm -hmm. level three person, but Mm -hmm. everyone has the ability to use Reiki energy and there's no like chosen person to do it. Yeah. And I mean, people at home can even just practice of like rubbing their hands together, feeling the heat in their hands and just kind of playing with the energy that they can feel there. It's all, it's so ethereal and hard to explain, Mm -hmm. but like once you experience it, it's like, Oh, okay. This makes total sense. Yeah. Honestly, I remember really a really quick story the first time that I ever did it, and it's a very magical how I even like landed upon this. Um, but I walked into a bookstore, and it was like a healing crystal bookstore, or whatever. And this woman who just had the most beautiful face, like she was like jaw dropping to me, and not in just like in the sense of like, oh, you're really beautiful. I was like, you are magical in some way. But I was having a really bad spell of life like super depressed and whatever and she was like are you okay and I was like yeah and then she came up to me again and like put her hand on my shoulder and she was like are you sure you're okay and I was like no and I just started sobbing in the middle of this bookstore and she was like come with me and I went into her back room and she's like do you know what Reiki is and I was like no and she gave me a free 30 minute Reiki session I by the end, it was such an such a weird experience because I was sobbing because I had so much relief that was like that left my body. But then I looked pr- crazy because I couldn't stop smiling. Like I was like ear to ear. It was uh-huh. like, and she was like, "Oh no, that's completely normal. Like we just stripped so much toxic energy out of your body 
that it's like the natural ability. Like it just, I couldn't drop my smile. I was like, I look like the Joker. Like I'm just (laughs) like, I can't drop it. But it was so powerful. And I was just like so glad that people like her and people like you existed in the world and do this work. And it's hard because it's like you do want to be able to share it with people and be like, I promise you'll feel so much better if you do this. It's so gentle. Mm-hmm. But some people are just like not ready for that yet. And that's okay. That's yeah. why we have people like you just sharing their gifts and, you know, they'll come when they're ready. Yeah. I just thought of another story I can share quickly because back to kind of how I knew it was time to transition from like the clinical world. Yeah. I totally forgot about this. I was at a psychology conference and it was in Malibu. So it was kind of like glitzy and I was going for work and they had a tarot reader there and she was totally, she was native American shaman tarot reader. She was amazing. And the line for her was so long at this like totally clinical psychology (laughs) conference. And the second day I was the last person she saw, like I had waited in line all day. I just like knew I had to talk to her And she pulled all of these cards for me and just like, she was like, are you trained in Reiki yet? And I was like, what? I was like, no, like I actually like, I've had it. I love it. And she was like, you need, like, you are Reiki. You need to get trained. She was like, you're doing it with your clients all the time already. Oh, and you just didn't know it. Wow. Yeah. And then it was, took me almost a year to be like ready for it. And then that's when I got trained in it. That's really cool. Yeah, so there's always, like, little messengers that kind of deliver things for you. Absolutely. So since the pandemic, I imagine this has shifted your business in some way. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if you've always been virtual. But have you shifted your practice? And can you explain how Reiki can still be beneficial remotely? Because I think a lot Mm -hmm. of times people can be like, you know, it's the same with mediums. Like, how can you do that over the phone? And you can. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I've i actually, business-wise, always been virtual because cool. I started basically, like, right when the pandemic hit Right, is when, kind of, I think this happened for a lot of people, the spiritual awakening of some sort, that oh, yeah. since we finally, for those of us who weren't, you know, on the front lines and things like that, for, it was the first time we could, like, pause. Like, I, I shared on my story today about my calendar from last March was just... I mean, packed every second, driving all over Los Angeles, had a full-time job apart. You know, it was just crazy. And so March was the first time I was really able to, like, take a minute and be still. So I did all my Reiki training then. Oh, cool. Okay. I always practice on my husband. And we had a roommate in L.A. at the time. So I would practice on them. And, like, we could just feeling the heat, like, running through everyone. And we just all had we were just like a little triangle (laughs) sharing this crazy energy. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when I launched it, my business virtual, it, I mean, I'll be, I was a little skeptic, skeptical too, because as much as I believe in all of this spiritual and woo woo, like I'm also very grounded Mm -hmm. and still have like that clinical, like, are you sure? Like, are we sure that this works? Mm -hmm. So I had some practice sessions, um, with people before I started and like, you know, they would burst into tears or they would feel just like, you know, I'd be like, Zena, they'd be like, Zena, I can feel you, your hands on my neck. Like I feel you on my heart. And I was like, Oh my God, like this is, this is very much real. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is like a big deal. So Reiki is the energy is, you know, it's like healing light energy. That's kind of what we're sending. And again, we'll be a little woo woo here. It doesn't exist in like a linear time. Mm-hmm. So we can send energy to like a past version of yourself or like a past experience to bring healing to it. We can send it into the future, you know, like a job interview, you know, whatever kind of send like light there. Mm-hmm. And then obviously in the present, we're sending it and people, I mean, all the sessions I've had, people can feel I mean, I just have my hands up like this. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if people are seeing this video. <laughs> no. She's her hands up. up. Yeah. It's like I'm saying stop or something. And to the screen and I play music and people feel like a mm. wash of warm energy over them or tingles in their fingertips. Again, like the crying comes up or I remember my one, my one friend had a lot of um, 
like throat chakra work to do. And she like got up in the middle of our session. She's like, Zina, it feels like you're choking me. Like I can feel your hands on me. Like ease up. And I was like, okay, sorry. Like I'll I'll back off. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so there's, I mean, I have a tons of testimonials that it is so, it really is so powerful, which is great because, you know, people living in the middle of nowhere might not have a practitioner they can go to in person. Right. And then, especially now with the pandemic, like I, you know, we still might not be able to do it in person for a while. So. Yeah. Right. So I work a lot with grief within my own Mm -hmm. life and with clients and people who listen to the podcast. And it's something that I really love focusing on because I think it's a subject that can often get pushed under the rug or whispered about in private, right? Um, Not to be talked about in the public. And Uh I'm wondering if you could talk about how Reiki could act as a healing modality for those who are in deep grief. I love that. Um, Well, I can share personal experience because I – I think this year, like a lot of people, grief has been kind of oh, yeah. really top of mind. Oh, yeah. So I lost my godmother this year. She passed in August, and then my grandma passed last month. And Reiki was like my first call. Like I saw my Reiki teacher, mm-hmm. um, and she could feel that something was off before, like just booking the session. She was like, she like reached out to me she's like I know something is like happening here and then the second I saw her she was like she's like Zena like your energy feels different I can feel like did something happen I just like broke into tears and then just the amount of relief I felt could just be like wrapped in a bubble of like healing warmth is I think for anyone who's in a grieving process or like depressed or anxious you know anything that we're going through just to have that space where it's like literally all about you. You don't have to talk, which like talking is obviously great, but there's something to be said for like allowing to just be in your body and just feeling like safe in your body. A lot of times when we're grieving, it's Mm -hmm. like, like, let me get out of here and leave my body as quick as I can. It feels too scary. Yeah. But to be in a Reiki session and just like feeling complete like lightness and I mean, I definitely cried sometimes because it helped, you know, stuff needed to come out that maybe I was too maybe scared to even access like the depths of the grief that it, the Reiki like brought it up and allowed me to release it in like such a safe, like yummy, Mm. supportive bubble that I was in. Um, So I can say from my own experience, it has been like the most powerful tool I've had Mm -hmm. I mean I'm in therapy I have a coach I'm in I have a really great support system but like there truly has been nothing like my Reiki sessions I've been like the recipient of and even working with clients like I'm still getting the energy too so I think to have this business while I've been in my own like grieving Mm -hmm. process has been I mean, like, so selfishly beneficial because I'm receiving so much giving the Reiki as well. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So now you also specialize in guiding women. Can you expand on Mm -hmm. what that means to you exactly and how that came to be a part of your work and your calling? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll start with I love working with men (laughs) as well. Love, love men. Um, But... I, so like my start was in eating disorder recovery and I did work with a lot of women and just seeing the, the self-worth issues, like just the low self-worth, the, the effect of the societal norms and the conditioning that we have, the patriarchy, like all of these things, I just saw how we're all just kind of wearing all of these layers it's like we have a t-shirt on but then we have like a sweater and a turtleneck and like a jacket and all of these things and kind of just wanting to like de-layer people and just be like no underneath all of this is like the perfect you like the person that came into this world you know as a baby no conditioning like excited to live their most full life and like let's 
get you back there. That's kind of my like journey back to self mm. portion of my mission, I guess. It's mm-hmm. just like, let's release all of that crap that was never yours to begin with right. so that you can just show up how you were intended to do mm-hmm. or intended to be. Mm-hmm. So I also want to talk about, this is a little <laughs> selfish because I love hearing other people's journeys. Um, as far as spirituality, I'm kind of like going back and forth here. Yeah. But did you have to come out of like the spiritual closet at all or kind of like what you were saying with it sounds like for me for, like from my perspective like even you being open and talking about tarot and astrology and stuff like that in your psychology classes mm-hmm. like with your with your classmates and stuff it sounds like you were pretty open but I'm just curious as to what your spirituality journey was like if you had to come out of the closet in that way and also um what spirituality looks and means to you like present day yeah yes so definitely had some like announcing to the world (laughs) what I'm doing um for sure so I think it started well I was interested in astrology like as a kid too so I don't like I don't know how I think there was like a birthday book around that kind of like said what you were you're like oh you're Leo and blah 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 um so that was something I was always interested in anyway. I got like a Leo tattoo in college and, <laughs> but getting really into it was in, um, when I was in Seattle. So I was like, had just moved from college. I had this like amazing experience. I had so many friends. It was like the best time ever. And yeah. then going to Seattle, I knew, I knew two people, um, but I also totally have seasonal affective disorder. So being in and normal depression that's kind of healed now. But in Seattle, I was kind of at a low, lower point in life. So I was like, what? I need something that's going to that's help me. Like I have to show up for other people in my job. I cannot be like so miserable all mm-hmm. the time. I need to like support these people. I want to have fun. So I started listening to podcasts um like about spirituality and then I would go to the library in Seattle and literally get a stack of like 20 books at a time that were about like like Gabby Bernstein oh my god I did the same thing yeah (laughs) yes anything spiritual anything that was like I'm looking at my bookshelf like they're all pink books but it's like anything that looks like it would kind of helped me live the life I knew I was supposed to live in some way. And then, I mean, I was obsessed. I would bring them to work, read them on my lunch breaks. And it's funny, a lot of my clients, um, the patients at the treatment center were super into crystals. So like they got me into crystals and it just kind of, I bought my first tarot deck um, while I was in Seattle. And then I have to say I lived in Los Angeles. So yeah, right. I was kind of, I'm kind of in the hub of yeah. like, you know, <laughs> spiritual woo-woo stuff. And I worked at um, a coffee shop there called Moon Juice, which is kind oh, of yeah. like super uh-huh. popular now. Yeah. Um, but that was like a very spiritual environment and like the people who would come in were like super out there. Um, but my own, like my close friends and family, it has been a very interesting thing too, especially now that like, I literally left the career path that I got a master's for, like put so much money into. Um, it's been an interesting road to be like, no, I'm doing, I'm a Reiki master. Yeah, like, I'm right. doing spiritual coaching. And that has been a very interesting thing for sure have you had anything like any triggers come up or things that you've had to like work through on your own as far as like when you're feeling a little bit like shamed for the path that you're on totally. I'm sure a lot of people can relate even if it's not within spirituality but I, I think that's important to touch on yeah definitely I I mean I'm lucky people have been pretty supportive I have to say my parents were <laughs> kind of just like confused they're like I thought you loved being a therapist and like this is what you always wanted to do and I'm like I'm still doing what I always wanted to do just in a very different way Mm -hmm. um but when the triggers come up like 
I've noticed, like I went to the doctor recently and they're like, what's your profession? And I was like, oh, I'm a therapist. And I was like, why did I feel like I had to tell them Mm -hmm. I'm a therapist and couldn't say that like I'm a healer and a coach. And, you know, obviously I don't have to explain myself to like a stranger, but I so that was, yeah. That was just, like, an interesting thing that, like, oh, I'm like, ooh, this is still in me, that there is some little, mm-hmm. like, shame response that's coming up of, mm-hmm. hmm, I don't feel totally, like, comfortable with, you know, declaring this to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most of the time I just come back to, like, how happy I am on this path and looking back to when you know, I was doing the hustle of trying to get my license for therapy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was pretty miserable. Like I keep thinking back. I'm like, I was complaining all of the time, all of the time about the traffic it took me to get to my clients, about my clients, like in general, about how I didn't get paid, you know, all of these things. And that now, I mean, being like an entrepreneur is much harder than oh, yeah. anticipated. It is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no. But like I am never complaining and mm-hmm. I am truly like the happiest I've ever been in my life because I am doing something totally for me and mm-hmm. not like society or my family thinks I should do this. Cause getting a master's, my both my older brothers have a master's degree. So I was like, I'm not gonna be the chump in the family who doesn't have a master's degree like I have to you know there's some healthy sibling competition there but I was like I have to get one like what what would I do yeah so yeah I think that's my biggest um advice would just like look at the difference in your life if you're in the path that like you Mm -hmm. feel you should be on just like how it feels to be on that versus the one that you felt you had to be on totally Um, side note, I have to tell you, and some people listening Mm -hmm. might be like, what? But you have like the craziest white light, like all around you. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's like so bright and it's making my eyes kind of like not cross, but kind of (laughs) like want to go in. (laughs) No, that's great. It's so lovely. I just wanted to tell you that. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that or like seen your aura or whatever, but I'm like, oh my God, it is like almost blinding it's funny you're like I have to tell you you're blinding me (laughs) (laughs) you're making my eyes cross in the best way possible um that's really lovely I I love that and I too man you like hit something for me that I never even really gave much mind much attention to but with grief support and stuff when people ask what I do I I never bring up the calm collective and that's I work Mm -hmm. on this Every single day. Photography is like, that's my, uh, I'm a freelance photographer as well. Mm -hmm. And that's something I do like a few times a week. And that's certainly what like pays my bills. But this is a huge part of who I am too. And it's so weird that when people are like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a photographer. I'm like, that's just so much easier than to be like, Mm -hmm. I run a company called The Calm Collective. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, well, it's grief support. You know, it's like for some reason, I'm like, that just people won't take me seriously or... It feels almost, like, too personal. I don't know. It's yeah. such a bizarre road, man, to, like, own all yeah. of your pieces and feel secure. thousand percent. I actually – I saw a, a meme today or, like, a video or TikTok. I don't know. I saw something today <laughs> that was, like, um, like a, a woman when she posts on Facebook, like, I got a corporate promotion and, like, 300 people like it. Everyone's cheering for you. And then it's, like, the same woman saying, like, I started my own business and it's like just your grandma saying cool honey and I'm like that is so is so true yeah because I mean we're living in our own conditioning but everyone else is kind of in it too that the nine to five the corporate ladder the you should you know Mm -hmm. that's a whole other conversation yeah that happened to me I I got a I was interning with a um an interior design firm. Cause I was like, I think I might want to like open this chapter back in October. And I went full time at the beginning of the year. And I just gave my two weeks, two weeks ago because I was like, wow. Oh, nine to five. Not for me. The pe- the people were amazing. It was like, everything mm-hmm. felt great except for my soul was literally dying. Cause it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I had the same experience of like, no one batted an eyelash when I said I got a full-time interior design job. No one asked about my photography. No one asked about the Calm Collective. They were just like, that's amazing. That's going to be so nice. What's the pay? 
you know, like, ooh, health insurance, you know, and I'm like, yeah. but I have all of these things, like, when I'm working for myself, it just, totally. it's such a different energy, and you're so right, that's so funny. Yeah. So, I want to talk about tarot, because okay. I love this ritual so much. I loved your Instagram. You did a reel, it was like a couple days ago, mm-hmm. talking about how when the universe just keeps giving you the same answer <laughs> to the question yeah. that you have. Um, so how do you utilize the magic of tarot and how does it support you in your relationship to self and to source or whatever word you use? I love that. So I use the traditional tarot decks, but I also really love Oracle decks, which are kind of, what's the difference? Uh, so a tarot deck is a very traditional, it's a 78 card journey. So mm-hmm. it starts with the full and then you know, kind of goes throughout, um, and they're also more like each card has kind of a specific meaning and you mm-hmm. can get intuitive with it, but it's generally, you know, page of cups, yes. queen of swords, right. you know, very structured. Whereas mm-hmm. an Oracle deck, um, and pretty much anyone can create one. Like that's definitely something I want to make. And there's just all different messages of, um, like I posted yesterday, it was a card like don't dim to fit in yeah. or a card that is like literally just says no, or like a card that says yes, or like go play so just they're kind of more um direct messages if you will yes yeah Yeah. you don't have to interpret as much got it Um, so the way I use them is one it's been like the best tool ever to develop my intuition because especially as you get to like more familiar with them like Mm -hmm. I'll know like, oh, this card's going to come up, mm-hmm. and then I get it. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, oh, my God, yay, yes. that card is coming up, and now it's here. Or when you're like, the swords um, are going to come through, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I u- I do really use it as, like, an ex- a self-exploration tool, and because there's some ways, especially in the tarot, there are some cards that they're not negative, but they have, like um, – kind of a deeper kind of exploration to them, mm-hmm. like a more watery feel like the swords or like a five card is kind of like the middle of a journey. It's usually really hard. So I remember there was one, um, I think it was like two weeks ago. I was like, what is going on with me? Like I need a, like a message. And I got the 10 of wands, which the picture is like someone with like a bunch of sticks on their back and like they can barely move, which is just like, you're overwhelmed. You're overworked. You need to like drop something and when I first saw it, I was like, no, this isn't true. Like, I'm doing amazing. I feel so great. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to accept it. And then as I kind of was journaling about it, I was like, oh, crap. Like, I, this is, like, this is spot on. Like, I need, like, to drop this thing. I'm pushing too hard here. I'm not, like, allowing any flow to come in. I'm not taking breaks. So I kind of use them as, like, they call me out sometimes mm-hmm. of, like, stuff I don't want to see at all. Oh, yeah and have to like seriously (laughs) look at Mm -hmm. um and then sometimes like they're super positive and like really fun like today I pulled um the star card which is kind of like your hard journey is over like move celebrate with hope yeah yeah I was like oh yes I needed that like yeah universe like this feels so good yeah so it's a really fun I mean it's I just have so much fun with it Mm -hmm. um and I love doing like my collective readings and sharing with people because it's also, I think when I do collective readings, like on my Instagram, it's such a good way of like, people are like, how did you do this? And also people are like, wow, I'm not alone in this. Like mm-hmm. tons of people will respond like, oh my gosh, I needed this message. Like I've been so bad with setting boundaries or whatever. So it's just a fun way to like, see that you're not alone too. And that so many people are going through the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it too. My sister, um, so I have the Wild Unknown. I have a few, but the Wild Unknown is like my favorite. Um, Mm -hmm. And I pull it every morning as my journal prompt, essentially. Mm -hmm. Just like I pull like, okay, what message am I needing to receive? And then I will sit there for 20 minutes if I need to, if I'm resisting the message to get to like Mm -hmm. the juice of what do I need to express? What, what is, how does this relate to me? Whatever. And my Mm -hmm. sister, it was funny I was telling her that there was like a few times, a few days in a row where I would shuffle and go, I would like shuffle and one would pop out mm-hmm. or like I would go to like spread them all out and then one would just like totally break out on its own. And she was like, oh yeah, that's, that's like not an accident. And so now yeah. it's like, I get that all the time. I get little pop outs all the time. And I'm like, all right, well that was easy. I can just, 
pull that no. guy. But do you generally um, – so my sister will take it and just, like, pull him back. Mm-hmm. And so they'll flip, and then she'll just stop when oh. she feels, like, pulled to stop, and she'll grab uh-huh. it. I'm curious as to how you go about – because that's a very intuitive process as well. For me, it's, like, trusting totally. where my hand – I'm like, okay, my hand is going there. Mm-hmm. Yes. When I first started working with cards, I definitely, like, would spread them all out and mm-hmm. kind of do, like, the hand hover and see where my hand wanted to stop. Um, sorry, my That's okay. Off. Um, now I shuffle – kind of kind of like playing cards I mm-hmm. guess I'm like I don't know mm-hmm. if you sh- if you shuffle playing cards or not. <laughs> but I just shuffle them in my hand and then a lot of times like yeah some will pop out yep. or I mean it's just a weird feeling that I just feel a card and I'm like this is it yeah and you know I have no idea why or well, yeah. I do have an idea why like, <laughs> obviously the universe wants me to do it um but yeah, I'll just like feel something on my hand or even I usually close my eyes while I'm doing it. But sometimes if I open my eyes, like I'll just see one kind of sticking out. I'm like, yeah, there she that's is. it. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a yes. favorite deck that you like to work with? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, the Wild Unknown was my first deck yeah. ever. So Me I'm too. kind of like falling back in love with that mm-hmm. one. I'm looking at my shelf. Um, so for Oracle, I love the Work Your Light deck. Um, Rebecca Campbell. Oh, that. she's amazing. It's like the best one. It just has like the best messages. They're super clear. They're not too woo-woo that Mm -hmm. you can't understand it. Like Mm -hmm. they're like, you know, set boundaries or, Mm -hmm. you know, they're really good. Um, My favorite Oracle deck, I mean, tarot deck is the Moonchild Tarot by Danielle Noel. I think it's like the prettiest thing ever. It's super Mm. cosmic and like collaged and like gold foil. It's really, really pretty. Ooh, yummy. Have you read um, Light is the New Black by Rebecca Campbell? You're like, it's pink. It's one of the pink books on my bookshelf. Yes, exactly. That book rocked me to my core. That was like an early, um, an early onset to my spiritual awakening was reading that book. Me too. That was one of my library books. Yeah. um, in Seattle, the one I have is actually like I bought it at a library sale, like in Seattle, and I still have it with me. Oh, yes, I love that! that. Yeah, it's so dog-eared. It's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I have one question regarding mm-hmm. clients. I have to imagine that this. Yeah. Well, it maybe it doesn't. Maybe you get people who are like really ready for what you do. But do you ever have clients inquire before starting to work with you who are like? I'm not sure I'm really ready for this, but I've got one foot inside of the door, that, that fear around growth. And if so, how do you nurture that to get them to sort of come around to like, you can do this work, you can do hard things Mm -hmm. and expansion is not meant to be scary. Mm, I love that question so much. Um, I can think of, I will say on one hand, I'm like, I don't know if people realize when they're working with me like we're definitely like we're diving in Mm. pretty deep about things like as like we're really looking at like attachment and parent like how you were as a kid and how that's showing up now so I think people sometimes see all of the more spiritual things they're like oh this will kind of be light and easy and then I'm like surprise yeah (laughs) (laughs) heart work is the Um, hardest work (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I can say, like, I have one client right now who she sees me kind of sporadically, and I would love to see her every week, you know, like, not for, like, the money or whatever, but just, I'm like, Mm. oh, just imagine the growth we could get to if we, like, this was super consistent. And I had that with therapy clients, too, of, I mean, this is also a common thing that happens in the growth process is once you, once things start to shift or, like, once you start, like, um hit up against something is kind of when you fall back you're like oh that was like that felt harder than I expected it to or Mm -hmm. like it feels too scary to move forward let me like kind of come back a little bit I also I had a conversation with someone who like she was scared of her own power she was Mm -hmm. like if I like if I were to really step into myself like everything would change. And I think that's true for a lot. I mean, I, can I feel say that, that way. Yeah. Yes, exactly. 100%. Like me, me stepping into 
my purpose and like expressing myself mm-hmm. literally shifted everything in my entire life. So that can be like super, super scary. But I think having a, I mean, having a support person and mm-hmm. knowing you don't have to do that alone, like the amount of support I've had through this journey, I don't like, I don't know what I would do. I definitely wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't have support and Luckily, I've always been pretty good at asking for help and using a support system. Mm -hmm. I know that can be like the most challenging thing ever Mm -hmm. for some people. Um, But I think like my friend who said like she was scared of her own power is I always just hold that from them and for them and like reflect back. And I'm like, okay, like let's break down what you just said. Like, you know, you could literally be like the most amazing, incredible version of yourself, your whole life would change for the better. How could that be a bad thing? And just kind of like reflecting back, like the truth of what they're saying. Mm -hmm. I think too, I, I really like, I have full body chills, even just like you bringing this up because you and I both saying we can resonate so much, but I think what's hard, at least for me, where I'm like, (gasps) it like makes me hold my breath. And like, I want to put my hands up like this because while the outcome or the middle juicy part is like you are going to be the best version of yourself and you're going to crack through things that like you never thought that you could but there is sacrifice in there right and I think that's where people get really scared is you're like yeah but I have to give up certain things like um and some of that stuff can sound so stupid like I can't tell you how many times my guides have come through either just to me or through readings or anything being like hey like I know you have like a few glasses of wine a week but it's really blocking your energy and you should stop (laughs) if like you want to do what you want to do and I'm like what like I love my glass of wine and that's so silly but it's little things like that where they have straight up Mm -hmm. been like okay it's like your choice Um, and even like certain relationships that we might not know are like there for us in the long run, but like, that's hard and terrifying. Even if you like Mm -hmm. know in your gut, that relationship is not supporting the life that I ultimately want. You do have to make some sacrifices and some hard choices. A thousand percent. It's, um, it is a messy road. So you're totally, (laughs) there's a card in the Oracle deck I was talking about called the initiation Mm. and the card is kind of like all black and it's like a thunderstorm but then there's an archway with like beautiful water on the other side and clear skies and that is exactly what it is like yeah it is you kind of have to jump off the cliff and say like okay I'm gonna do it and things definitely get messy and it does it can feel really dark at times um like for me you know the the shame that comes up or the working through leaving a career I invested like hundreds of thousands of dollars into and you know all of those things it's messy and yeah relationships falling off or people in my life needing to get comfortable with who I am now yes and like well said I am not that person that I was like in college I went to a wedding sorry this is kind of (laughs) off topic but I went to a wedding recently for one of my um like best guy friends from college and like I don't really drink anymore I'm I just like I've never totally liked being drunk or anything mm-hmm. so I was like I love a mocktail now and yeah. I have like a glass of red wine occasionally but I was at this wedding and like I wasn't drinking I was also driving you know driving afterwards so it made total sense to me that I wouldn't be drinking and my friends were like wasted and they kept they're like they're like this is so weird like you really have changed and like we have not changed at all <laughs> it's like well yeah it's been five years yeah and you know like that's not who I am you know I'm not the girl staying up till 3 a.m getting like blackout drunk anymore like I was in college so that was like a recent example of like and that was hard because they were like my closest friends and like now mm-hmm. I still talk to them like every now and then but we'll never have a relationship like we had then, which is, it's yeah. just like, it's weird. I it remember is, I left the wedding. I was like, Ooh. Yeah, it is weird. And it can also be a, a feeling that's like freeing to where you're like, Oh wow. Okay. Like it's, it's really beautiful when you do get to witness your change. You yeah. would think that it happens all the time, but it doesn't. It's like, it's mm-hmm. very subconscious. And so when you yes. get that proof, it can be really lovely. And then on the flip side, it can also be, 
at least for me, like I've had an experience where, again, that word shame, where I've, I mean, I can think of like one friend in particular who I feel shamed by, like Mm -hmm. every time I'm in her presence because of like who I am and like who I've become and what I believe. And it's like, I always end up leaving being like, wait, am I like, did I change drastically and like is that not Mm -hmm. for the better like it can be such like a a mind fuck if you will and therein lies your intuition right always coming home to Mm -hmm. yourself and like trusting yourself pulling a card if you need to Mm -hmm. yes exactly (laughs) you are so lovely thank you for being here one quick question before we wrap up Mm -hmm. actually I'm gonna ask you three Um, I do want to know, so I asked you about the tarot deck, but I do want to know if you've Mm -hmm. had any books that have dramatically shifted your life or have aided in your well-being that you could recommend Mm -hmm. to anyone who's starting. Oh my gosh. Um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Oh my God. Yeah. Game changer. Wow. Yes. Um, I read that right at the beginning of the pandemic and just, I was like sobbing the whole time. So I love that one. I mean, it's not spiritual, like by nature but it is but it is I mean, it, like, yes um so definitely recommend that one also another one that's not like super floofy and fun but it's called discovering the inner mother by bethany webster Whew. it is <laughs> it's about um really about like a mother-daughter dynamic and just like all of the things that really exploring that relationship and how using these lessons and Mm. tools to like empower yourself and be like your own mother nurturing like your own inner child beautiful uh highly highly recommend that and that's important work for a lot of people oh it's so good um then i'll say i mean these none of these are spiritual books but um brene brown anything anything i love um she has a, like a really easy read, The Gifts of Imperfection, which is a really it's small, right? True. Yeah. 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 Speaking of shame, that. like all the shame that we've been talking about. Um, <laughs> exactly. Her podcast is amazing too. I'm sure you listen to it, but yeah, she's so great. She's like so good. I love yeah, her. She's so good. So for anyone who's feeling really just like tapped in with you during this episode, who wants to work with you, how do they go about doing that? And like, and how, what does that look like? Do you offer just Reiki sessions like a la carte? Is it only coaching? Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So I have, well, I have a group. Um, I don't know when this will come out, but I'm going to have group Reiki healings. Beautiful. That, um, like the live that you were talking about, it'll mm-hmm. be like that, but longer and just super powerful. And they'll, they'll be $22. So it's a pretty accessible way for people to get into this work, which is really exciting. I'm excited so for I that. Have, yes. I have group Reiki healings and then I have, um, yes, just like a straight Reiki session. They're 30 minutes. You can book it through my Instagram or on my website. And then I have a longer, um, session which is 30 minutes of reiki and then 30 minutes of a reading Mm. like of an intuitive reading um so how i was telling you i see things kind of come up in the chakras i'm relaying all of that information lovely okay and then yes and then i have my one-on-one coaching and i have all different ways that people can do that because i i like to be flexible it's not super you know like a three-month commitment just let people come in so that we can start working yeah that's great Uh, yeah awesome okay and then lastly where can people find and connect with you people can find me at guided by xena on instagram (laughs) guidedbyzena.com so xena just mentioned this for you guys listening um when she was mentioning her live she did a live reiki session the other night on instagram that i did and it was amazing so definitely follow her on instagram she's always up to something and posting really really lovely stuff so thank you so much for being here and taking the time i'm just so grateful um also i just remembered i set up a coupon code oh tell us that's great it's just collective Uh and then it'll be 22 percent off whatever reading you want or option that is so amazing thank you so much for doing that cool all right well thank you so much 
So there you have it, our episode today with Zena Rice Serantis, Reiki master, and all around just amazing light beam of a human. So excited that I got to share her with you. I really encourage you to follow along with her and to use that coupon. You guys will not regret it. Like I told you, my session with her was so amazing and so profound. Um, If you also feel called to share this episode, please do. It helps so much for the podcast to organically grow and just land in the laps of those who need it most. You can also leave a five-star rating and review if you're loving what you're listening to over on iTunes. Thank you so much for all the support, and we'll see you back here next week.